Um, people like to say that all Giannis does, all Embiid does, all Jokic does, all any of these centers do is, oh, they just run and dunk the ball. And yes, because that is their job. And I don't get why that gets so much hate that all these players do is run and dunk. That is their fucking job, okay? The the game is not just the three-point line. And people are trying to treat the game like that now, that you're only good at basketball if you can shoot threes or for some reason. And I don't understand why people think that. You need you need big men to dominate the paint. And if you're do- not dominating the paint, you're going to be pushed to the three-point line on almost every play. And sure, you may have players on your team that can shoot threes. Uh, James Harden, Steph Curry, uh, Devin Booker. All these players can shoot threes. But you know why there's a three-point line there? Because it's so far back. You're not going to hit a three on every single play. The best three-point percentage you can probably have is 50% for your team. Sharch is apparently going to go back to the locker room. He doesn't play big minutes, but he plays an important role for a team that does not have a lot of size. So, Nathan Budnett, episode six. Um, I'm going to try and do these every Sunday at noon. Uh, I'm also going to live stream them on my Twitch, so uh, if you haven't already, please follow me at twitch.tv slash I'm going to be doing all the podcasts live now, uh, as well as I stream uh, games on there, so uh, go ahead and follow me there. Um, but that being said, let's get into the podcast. I'm aware my lighting is very shitty right now. It's because I have my blinds open right next to me, because if I put the light on, uh, in my room, there's a lens flare, and the lens flare is not good. So we're having to deal with what we got right now until I can get a better alternative. Um, but y'all saw the cold open. Uh, it's always a good feeling whenever an announcer proves you right on uh, national television in the finals. But um, you got to show sportsmanship as well. Although I am a Bucks fan, uh, it really sucks that that guy got injured um he he tore his acl so he's obviously out for the rest of the finals so i hope he gets better um I, I hope it doesn't cost him next season uh, i hope he's able to come back and play for his team but it just proves what i said i said big men play an important role and the announcer said that that's one of the sun's only big men that they have so with that being said Let's go ahead and roll the intro. So, I hope you all enjoy um, me doing the podcast live. Uh, It was actually recommended to me by uh, a buddy of mine at work. Um, He said... uh, Doing podcasts on Twitch, uh, it's a lot easier to get recognized on Twitch rather than YouTube because the podcast community on Twitch is very small, and so it's very easy to find new podcasts on there. So, Nick, if you're watching, you said you had notifications on on YouTube, so I hope you're watching. Uh, I appreciate it, man. That's that's a homie right there. Uh, he also recommended that um, to use Anchor because Anchor... Uh, allows you to put your podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and, uh, or not Apple Music, Apple Playlist, uh, what's the word? Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. Um, it allows you to put your podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, all that, uh, for free. So, in the following weeks, um, the podcast might be available in audio versions on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll just have to see. I got to read through their terms and conditions and everything first. But if they do, then uh, Nick, you, you're an MVP, man. Uh, so I, I hope you're watching. Uh, so I gave, uh, gave you recognition there. Um, he, he recommended I use Anchor and also uh, live stream the podcast on Twitch. 
But with that being said, I also have some surprises for y'all for the podcast. Let me go ahead and pull them up here. Bam. Production value is going up. And we also got this and that. There we go. So as you can see, we now have the things we're going to talk about today down at the bottom. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Bucks versus Suns. Um, they play game three tonight. Uh, I'm recording this Sunday at noon, which is whenever I, I think I said already, but uh, I'm going to try and record all of these um, at Sunday at noon unless I have uh, something come in the way, and then it'll be either an earlier or later time on Sunday or push back to Monday, or maybe I might do it on Saturday um, so that it's a little bit earlier um, and the podcast still gets out on time. But anyway, just plan for me to uh, do the podcast for you guys on Sundays at noon. And uh, if it's not going to be Sundays at noon, it'll either it it'll be sometime near Sunday at noon. Um, but we we have the topics that we're going to talk about today. Um, the Suns and Bucks are playing Game Three tonight. So, obviously, because I'm recording this before Game 3, uh, we don't know how it ended. But, they are playing in Milwaukee tonight. So, I'm hoping that my Bucks can turn it around. Um, game Game 1 and Game 2 did just did not go well. Uh, you can look at Giannis's points. Giannis scored, like, 42, I think it was. And still lost. Oh, excuse me. Um, so... I don't know what it is about the Bucks team, but it seems like every single uh, series, at the start of the series, they have to learn how to play basketball again. If you go back and watch the playoffs, every single series that the Bucks have played in, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez all just forget that they're NBA players until like the third or fourth game. And then the, by the third or fourth game, they're dropping like 30 uh they're they're dropping anywhere from 20 to 30 points but you can go back to the the hawk series as well uh the hawk series uh chris middleton was six for 23 and oh for nine from three and then you go to game four and he's dropping like 30 to 40 points um so i, I really hope that the same thing happens where um, we were we were also 0 to 2 in the Nets series as well, and we won the Nets series. Uh, again, the Nets were injured, but I don't I don't think the Suns could uh, could beat the Nets. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I really want the Bucks to win the finals, but if they don't, it's been a really exciting finals. Um, we uh, Brooke Lopez, man. I don't know what he's doing. It every again every single series he just forgets that he's a center, and he doesn't use his height. He was I was watching game one, game one and game two. He's like guarding, he, he's guarding guards rather than big men, and he's like trying to get down to their level. He's like squatting, and it's like dude, you're not a you're not a point guard. You're not a shooting guard. Go guard the center. Uh, and obviously there's going to be like pick and rolls and rotations where that's going to happen. But he was doing it continuously. It, like he wanted to play the guard position for some reason. And I don't understand why the hell he's doing that. And then if you watch any of the clips where he's there for a block or there for a rebound, he doesn't jump at all. He just stands there. It's like you're seven foot jump for the block jump for the rebound and now you got drew holiday coming out here drew holiday can't it isn't scoring but his defense is fucking immaculate um drew holiday is something like six foot three six foot four uh let me look it up real quick and he guard he blocked a shot from deandre ayton Drew Holiday is 6'3", and let's look up DeAndre Ayton height. DeAndre Ayton is 6'11". 
So that means at minimum, even if, say, DeAndre Ayton didn't jump, um, which he did, um, Drew Holiday would still have to jump up like eight inches into the air in order to block DeAndre Ayton's shot. And then DeAndre Ayton and Drew Holiday both jump. Drew Holiday blocks a power forward's shot as a guard. It's just amazing to see. And then they had to go to a jump ball, and it was a jump ball between Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton. And Drew Holiday almost won it. Like, I know everybody is saying, because of what I said earlier, Giannis is scoring and still losing. Everybody's saying um, that Giannis has no help and the other guys don't want it. I think that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton do want it simply because of the way they're playing defense. The way they're, If you look at the way they're playing offense, it looks like they don't want it at all because they are being shit at offense right now. But the Bucks' defense is amazing um if you look at the play where uh i think it was deandre ayton again got an and one and the suns the suns ball movement i gotta admit the suns ball movement was amazing they were getting people open they were passing the ball everywhere they were just trying to move the ball to where they could try and get somebody open and uh but if you look at the Bucks side of that, the Bucks are right on top of them. Even with the Suns having some of the greatest ball movement, the the Bucks are right on top of them. The Bucks are making sure they can't get an open shot. And Chris Middleton even blocked a shot. Uh, I forget on who. Um, whenever he went for a three, and then it forced them to go through the paint with DeAndre Ayton which is exactly what I was saying last podcast where if you're going to you need somebody to go through the paint because if you're pushed to the three point line and you don't have an open three then what are you going to do and they did exactly what I said which is that you go to your big man and have your big man go through the paint but if the Suns didn't have their big men like I said they have good three point shooters but the Bucks are doing a better job at defending the three point line and I think the Bucks' defense has been amazing these series. However, they can't turn their defense into points, and that is their problem. They're playing amazing defense, but as soon as they switch back to offense, they're bricking shots, and then the Suns get the rebound, and then they go and they get, have an open lane, they shoot the ball, they win. And I, I think they... Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I said last podcast, are somehow some of the most inconsistent players I've ever seen. Because, uh, again, I, I'm kind of repeating myself here. Chris Middleton goes 6 for 23, 0 of 9 for 3, and then somehow comes around the next game and drops 30 to 40 points. We just need Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to... S- to start dropping 30 points every game and not have to warm up. It's every series so far, it's like they've used the first two games as like a warm up and then by game 3 they're good to go. But you can't do that in the finals. Okay, this is the finals. You need to be ready by game 1. And Mike Budenholzer, um even as a Bucks fan, like what the fuck are you doing as a coach, man? Um, he, he played Bobby Portis Jr. for only five minutes. Five minutes. The man who got us to the finals because Giannis was injured. Bobby Portis Jr. is, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this. I'm going to get a lot of bias for saying this. Bobby Portis Jr. might be the best six man that is in the finals right now. He... Giannis was injured, and he stepped up, and he scored 25 points in the Bucks-Hawks series in uh, in a game. I forget which game it was. Uh, it might have been uh, game five, or it was either game five or game six because uh, it was a it was a six-game series. But Bobby Porter Jr. You need to play him more than five minutes, especially when Brooke Lopez is trying to play as a guard. 
you need to put Bobby Portis Jr. in place of him and just have Bobby Portis Jr. play angry as he does and just let him do his thing because Bobby Portis Jr., he's playing angry. He wants it. He knows what he has to do, and he's doing it well, but he's still on the bench. And Mike Budenhoser, you go... They they play what he says in the locker room. He says, play random. Why? Why? Why would you say play random? You don't play random in the NBA, especially against a team like the Suns. You need to have a plan. You need to have a strategy. And you need to use that strategy against the Suns, and that's how you win. If you're playing random and your team is not together and you're just trying to figure out things as you go, you're not going to win. Um, if I would have been in that locker room, I would have said simply, I would have said, this is your best chance at a ring. You need to own it. You need to guard the three-point line. You need to keep DeAndre Ayton out of the paint. If you, we can do that, we will win. And instead, he's, Mike says play random let's play some basketball and that's all he says this is the nba finals okay you need to draw up plays you need to hype up your players and he's not doing that and everybody's saying that mike can't be fired now because he took his team to the finals i think uh if the I, I don't know what's going to happen next season, but I, I think Mike is going to get fired next season because they can't fire him this season because he got to he took his team to the NBA Finals. But he even as a Bucks fan, he is a he's not a great coach. Um, what else did I have on the Bucks? Um, yeah, Giannis. Uh, Giannis. He didn't break. Uh, did he break the record? He. He might have tied the record or something like that. He uh, had, let me look it up. He had the most points in a finals quarter, I think. Let me look it up. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks. This is from Fan Nation. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, had 20 points in the third quarter of Game 2 of the NBA Finals. The 20 points surpassed LeBron James and Kobe Bryant's 19 points as the most points in an NBA Finals quarter over the last 25 seasons. It's the first time anybody scored 20 points in a quarter since Michael Jordan in June 16, 1993, in which Michael Jordan had 22 points in the second quarter. So Giannis is doing that, and he's still losing. Okay, and that's why I've seen people... I saw a comment the other day on Instagram where it said... Even if the Bucks lose, Giannis should still get Finals MVP. And I don't think that's going to happen because they always choose from the winning team. But I I actually agree with that, even though it's not going to happen. Um, Giannis is putting his heart into it. He's, he's trying to carry his team. And he's already won normal season MVP twice. Um... And this is his chance to get a finals MVP. And I saw another comment as well. Uh, when it it was before game one. And it was on the announcement that Giannis was going to play game one. And somebody on the Bucks Instagram page said... It's, it said something like, yo, this man is made of vibranium. And I loved it. I, I laughed so hard at that because... Um, Giannis is Giannis is coming off an injured leg. He's playing at 65% and he's still scoring 42 points in a game. We really just need Drew Holiday and Chris Milton to step it up. And that's all I can really say about that is Brooke Lopez, 
learn how to play as a center. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, learn how to play basketball again for the millionth time because somehow you keep forgetting. And Mike, be a better coach. Um, if we can do all those things, then we can still win the finals. But if we don't do that, if we lose tonight in game three, I got to admit, even as a Bucks fan, I think it's a wrap. If we lose this game in Milwaukee. Um, because, oh, I didn't even bring this up. Um, let's talk about game one, okay? I'm, I might get called biased on this, but full, uh, like, I honestly believe wholeheartedly that it was Bucks versus refs in game one. And if you don't believe me, you want to click off the podcast, you want to ignore everything I'm saying from this point on, fine. But I encourage you, if you don't believe me, go and look at the free throw, uh, look, look at the free throw numbers for game one. The Suns had almost 30 free throws in game one. The Bucks had 16. They had nearly double our free throws, and they only won by about 13 points. If you even out our free throws, the Suns don't win that game. And everybody's saying, um, I know the Suns fans and everybody that don't like the Bucks are saying, oh, well, they shouldn't foul so much. Look at the calls that were being made. The Bucks weren't fouling, but they, the refs wanted the Suns to go to the free throw line. And then the opposite was happening as well, where anytime Giannis had the ball and Giannis scored a layup or a dunk, they would call an offensive foul on him. And it, and that happened I don't know how many times to where we had so many of our points negated because they were called as an offensive foul we probably could have had I would say at least six more points in that game had there not been so many offensive foul calls and then Brooke Lopez um Brooke Lopez I don't I do not support Brooke Lopez anymore Brooke Lopez tried to pull a dirty play on Chris Paul and get Chris Paul injured. And that that's just like why would you do that? You got you have to play sportsmanlike. And as a Bucks fan, I don't enjoy that. You have to play the game with respect. You have to respect the game, respect the other people that got to the same point that you are. Okay? Uh especially if they're beating you. Like, oh, my phone's going off. I'm sorry about that, guys. You have to respect the people that got to the point that you are. You are not the only team in the NBA Finals. The Suns worked hard to get to this point just like you did. And then you're going to try and intentionally injure them? Like, come on, man. You got to play. You Like, that's just dirty. If I was Mike, I wouldn't care about losing the Finals. I would I would bench Brooke Lopez for the next two games, and I'd be like, you we even if we win this, we can't do it by playing dirty. Uh, and then even if we bench Brooke Lopez as well, we could put Bobby Portis Jr. in like I was talking about earlier. But that's besides the point. Um, I would bench Brooke Lopez and be like, hey, we're not we're not gonna do that. Um, and now if we win, if we do win the finals, um, everybody. N- not as many people are going to respect us winning the finals now because they're going to see us as playing dirty because you did that, Brooke Lopez. Like, everybody is going to look at us now and be like, yeah, the Bucks won the finals, but they played dirty. All because of what you did. And that, I think that's it for the Bucks, Suns. That's really all I have on that. Uh, what else do we have on here? The Spurs AT&T Center. Let's go into that. So... Uh, the Spurs, uh, I'm from San Antonio area, um, as some of you may know, uh, I go for Milwaukee as sort of a side team, uh, because as many sports fans know, sometimes your home team just doesn't get it done and you need, uh, you need a little side team, uh, something on the side. Uh, so I've been a Bucks fan since, uh, Giannis got drafted, um, and if you don't believe me, number 13th pick, I know, I know what pick he was drafted like I'm not a bandwagon I legitimately have been a fan since Giannis got drafted um 
and the Spurs haven't been getting it done lately, and so uh, I've been kind of, uh, again, going on my side team, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. However, that's besides the point. Spurs, the AT&T company, they have a contract with the AT&T Center that obviously they pay a certain amount um, every given time in order to keep the naming rights to the Spurs arena. Most recently, it became the uh, it became AT&T's time to pay their contract. AT&T decided not to renew their contract, which means that hey, my cat jumped up in my chair, guys. Um, the Spurs AT&T Center, they AT&T did not renew the contract, and what does what that means is that. In 2022, so this isn't going to be an immediate thing, but in the... Actually, it is kind of going to be an, an immediate thing. Um, in 2022, the arena will not be named the AT&T Center anymore. It's been the AT&T Center ever since I was born uh, in 2002. So to me... And some of my close friends and people that watch the Spurs, to me personally, it's always going to be the AT&T Center. Um, however, it leaves the room open for a new sponsor. So far, a new sponsor has not been named, uh, but it will be intriguing to see if anybody picks it up. If they don't pick it up, what does that mean? It means that it's just going to be called the Spurs Arena or the Spurs Center. Um, the it's much like the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, they're ju it's just called the Phoenix Suns Arena. However, without a sponsor for that arena, uh, one of two things is going to happen, uh, or pr maybe both. Ticket prices are going to go up for the stadium if it does not get a sponsor, because obviously they need to the stadium needs to make up that money that they lost from the AT&T sponsor so ticket prices for the San Antonio Spurs are going to um, are going to increase drastically either that or the people of San Antonio are going to be taxed a little bit as well for the upkeep of the stadium uh, because that is uh, I know that's what they did for the Alamo Dome is when the Alamo Dome was being built, they made, uh, they taxed the people of San Antonio, and the taxes went to building the Alamo Dome, and people didn't like that very much for obvious reasons, because their tax dollars were going to build this ginormous stadium uh, that originally was going to be both an indoor and an outdoor stadium with a retractable roof, and the uh, people of San Antonio actually uh, assembled against that because obviously that would have been millions of more dollars and they refuse to pay that so it's going to be exciting to see if they get another sponsor or how the ticket prices change if they don't get re-sponsored um, and if a sponsor doesn't get named in 2022 uh, we'll look together on the podcast and look at the ticket prices and see if I was correct uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. I literally have a, uh, I don't know if I can take it down, um, to show you guys because it's up high and I'd probably have to get, uh, get a stool. Uh, plus I think it's screwed into the wall. I've told this story before. I have a metal plate from the AT&T Center. And if I decide to sell that, which I'm not going to because it's very important to me. Uh, that would now sell for um, quite a bit of money because it's no longer going to be the AT&T Center. Um, but that's as much as I have to say on the AT&T Center. Um, next up, we have the mock draft reaction and thoughts. Um, so let's go ahead and look at the mock draft because I have not looked at the mock draft yet. I waited until the podcast to do this. So we have, this is from nbadraft.net, and, and so this is their mock draft. 
let's see what we got here. So Detroit picking up Cade Cunningham. We already saw that coming. Uh, Rockets picking up Jalen Green. Um, Jalen Green, a shooting guard. Okay, so I personally would not go with a shooting guard. I would go with a power forward or a small forward. So again, you could kind of keep your uh, you could keep your big man and not keep playing small ball. However, on NBADraft.net, he is rated a 95 overall, so we'll see. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, Evan Mobley, we saw that coming as well. We knew Mobley was going to be somewhere in the top five. Uh, they're drafting a power forward center, probably looking for their next LeBron. I don't think that's ever going to happen, though. Uh, Jalen Suggs, same thing. We knew he was going to be in the top five, drafted by Toronto. Uh, 99 overall point guard from Gonzaga. Um, dude is fucking amazing. Um, so that's really good for Toronto. Um, they'll have uh, help for Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Orlando um, picked up Jonathan Kuminga. Um, we also... Uh, Knew he was going to be somewhere near the top five. Scotty Barnes for Oklahoma City. Uh, kind of going to run through these now. Moses Moody, Orlando. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Sacramento. All right, let's look at Jalen Johnson because he's drafted by Sacramento. Sacramento, did you blow your draft pick again? He's a small forward from Duke with a 92 overall. So the Sacramento Kings might actually get a good player this time. But we will have to wait and see. Maybe he will be a bust and the Sacramento blew their draft pick again. We'll just have to wait and see. And if that does become a case, best believe I'm going to bring up the Sacramento Kings GM again. Corey Crispert, New Orleans, Kai Jones. Let's go look at Corey Crispert. Let's see what help they're bringing to Lonzo and Zion. So he's a shooting guard slash small forward from Gonzaga. And he's a 95 overall. Plays about somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes every game. Um, and he's scoring... Anywhere from 10 to 20 points. Um, his three point is between the 30 to 40%, so that's pretty good. Um, okay, I think this, this is a decent pick. Uh, I think you could put him definitely at the uh, two and three, just like he's listed, shooting guard, small forward, uh, and then you have um, you have somebody in the middle. Uh, you have Lonzo playing the one, uh, you have Zion playing the the four, and you have a uh, you have somebody in the two and three in the middle between them. So I think that's actually a pretty decent pick. Uh, Kai Jones. Let's see what help they're bringing to Lamelo Ball. Kai Jones is center. Okay. Uh, I think that's a decent pick. I, I was talking uh, last time. Uh, I think that Charlotte Hornets, they should get some more big men so that they have somebody to cover the paint uh, whenever they're, uh, whenever LaMelo needs some help. So I think that's a very decent pick. My San Antonio Spurs, Davian Mitchell. Let's look at him. Because I don't know much about this guy. Son of a bitch. Okay. So, I went on a rant last time about how the Spurs need to draft a big man and how we have, like, eight, eight guards on our team. Take a wild guess as to what this guy's position is. We draft... In the mock draft... This is just a mock draft, so I'm trying to keep it chill. But... If we do this in the actual draft, we need a new GM for the Spurs. Davian Mitchell 
is a point guard from Baylor. He is from Baylor, so uh, we'll give you some points on that. But it's another point guard. We don't need another guard. We need to draft a center or power forward, for the love of God. Um, he's a 93 overall. He's got about 30 minutes with 10 to 15 points. Um... He's got a again thirty to forty three point. He's got four to four to six assist um, every game. So uh, his assists are pretty good for a point. Uh, since he is a point guard, however, we need a center. We need a center bad for the Spurs. Um, Golden State. Uh, Zaire Williams. Let's look at who's playing with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Uh, shooting guard, small forward. Um, Golden State Warriors, you fucked up. Um, same thing as I said with the Spurs. You already have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You don't need a shooting guard. Um, I can understand the injury insurance. Maybe you want some injury insurance since Clay Thompson has been injured the last couple games. Or the uh, last couple seasons, I should say. Um, so uh, I can understand getting a shooting guard for maybe some injury insurance. Uh, that's a good play. However, I do think maybe um, uh, getting a six-man in place of uh, Draymond Green or even a, another starting center uh, would be the better play. But France Wagner for Washington. Josh Giddy, Oklahoma City. Um, let's look at Oklahoma City, because Oklahoma City, I said, is one of the people that needs a rebuild the most. So Josh Giddy is a point guard from Australia, and he is a 93 overall. Um... So right here, uh, NBADraft.net actually lists his, his strength and weaknesses. So it says, strengths, he has very high basketball IQ, uh, makes his teammates better, uh, great feel for the game, yada yada, uh, triple-double threat when he enters the court, uh, but his weaknesses is he has a really thin frame and needs to bulk up considerably. Um, so it looks to me like this is an Australian version of Russell Westbrook. It's a white young Russell Westbrook because he has very high basketball IQ, triple double threat, uh, as I said, uh, makes his teammates better. He's a leader, um, but he can get overpowered easily. So we'll see. Um, again, uh, we have yet to see these players play in the NBA yet. So we just got to wait and see. Uh, Memphis, Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher, shooting guard from Arizona State, 90 overall. Okay. Nishan Highland, Oklahoma City again. Let's see. Pointing guard, uh, shooting guard. Okay, okay. Uh, averaging 19.5 per game. Uh, his best asset is his three-point shooting. He has quick release. Okay, so it says one of his main weaknesses is guarding higher, um, guarding taller players. Uh, because they said he's a he's a pretty short guy. Um, he can make uh, three pointers, but he can't guard uh, small forwards, power forwards, or centers. So that's understandable. Um, Oklahoma City, uh, I think, uh, having the 16th and 18th pick, I think that might act th those are solid picks for them. Uh, I, I think that that's actually going to work out for them. 
So, New York Knicks, Miles McBride, West Virginia, point guard. He's scoring about 15 points per game with 34 minutes. Um, solid pick, solid pick. Uh, for being number 21, um, or I mean number 19 actually, uh, I think that, that might actually work well for the Knicks. Uh, I think that's a solid pick. Uh, Cameron Thomas for the Atlanta Hawks. We have shooting guard from LSU, 91 overall. 23 points in 34 minutes. Wow, I'm not surprised he got... Uh, I'm surprised he didn't get picked up earlier. Um, because he has more points per game than... Uh, some of the ones we've seen earlier but uh let's look at his strength and weaknesses um his weaknesses a bit one-dimensional as a player mostly wired to score and doesn't really contribute much in any other player okay so that's why he was not drafted earlier because he doesn't know how to play as a team he uh and i might get hate for saying this but um he plays like a LeBron. He's uh, he's a significant scorer, but he doesn't pass it out to his teammates, um, or uh, maybe even Kobe uh, more than LeBron, because uh, that's uh, sort of the stereotype with Kobe is that uh, Kobe can fucking go off, but uh, he didn't really pass it efficiently. New York Knicks uh, getting another point guard, shooting guard from the um, from the 21st pick. I think this is actually the one that my dad was talking about a while back. Um, weaknesses lacks elite athleticism and speed that he must make up for in ball handling. Um... 33.3 turnovers per game. Ooh, that's not good. Um, but he's an efficient scorer, can make clutch shots. Um, good decision maker. Okay. Uh, New York Knicks. Um, I think that's a solid pick, solid pick. Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers could literally just draft anyone they wanted and it wouldn't matter. Um, Usman Garuba. Uh, power forward center. 94 overall. Um, energy guy. Plays with no fear. Relentless motor. He is more of a 5 than a 4 for now on offense because of his skill set. He's undersized for center in the NBA level. Um, okay, so kind of getting some injury insurance for LeBron and AD. That's understandable after what's been happening um, lately. So I think that's actually a really smart idea from the Lakers, getting some injury insurance for their best two players. Um, and we got some spam in the chat here, unfortunately. Uh Trey Murphy for the Houston Rockets. Small forward, power forward. Yes, Houston Rockets. Doing what I told you to do. Getting some more big men. Um, 11 points in 30 minutes for a power forward. That's pretty solid. Um, let's look at his strength and weaknesses again. Uh, he's seven, a seven-foot wingspan. Uh... Needs to gain more confidence in his abilities and play more aggressive. He does not rebound the ball particularly well despite his size advantage. Could use more aggressiveness and assertiveness to become more effective. At times doesn't appear to understand what he's capable of. Oh, so he just he just needs to be coached up then. He just uh Houston Rockets, he just needs you just need to get a coach that uh coach him up and get him more confident. Um and uh, he'll be an excellent player. 
And uh, I'm sorry I'm kind of like leaning in like this, guys. I'm trying not to do that, but uh, here. I'm uh, trying to read what I got on my laptop here. So whenever I read, I like lean in a little bit. It's not because I can't see it. I can read it well. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just habit, I guess. Houston Rockets with another pick back to back. Who are they getting for 24? Uh, 24. I was about to say 25, but. Jaden Springer. I'm trying to load up his stats. It's taking a minute. Alright, we'll come back to that later. Jaden Springer. Uh, LA Clippers. Trey Mann. Point guard? Okay. Uh, I think. Oh, my phone keeps going off, man. Um, uh, I think uh, point guard is a good pick for the Clippers. Uh, you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as your uh, as your big man, so you want to try and get some small men in there now. I think it also would have been beneficial for you to uh, draft another big man as well, maybe for some injury insurance. Um, Kawhi was injured uh, in the series... Uh, verse, um, versus the Suns, and uh, Paul George tried to pick it up, and he simply couldn't. So I think maybe having a player that can uh, step in and help Paul George in the way that Kawhi did uh, might be another good draft pick for you guys. Denver Nuggets, we got Joshua Primo. Let's pull him up real quick. Uh, shooting guard, okay. Um, there's no stats or anything for him, so I don't know how well he, uh, how well he's going to be. But uh, shooting guard to help out Jokic, um, smart. Charles Basie. And if I'm pronouncing any of these names wrong, I'm sorry. Power forward center. Um, okay, kind of getting some injury insurance for KD. Um, even though nobody can replace KD. KD is probably the most effective offense, uh, offensive player in the league right now. He scored almost 50 points in the uh, Bucks nets series. So you're not going to replace KD. Milwaukee, Joel, Ayayi. Point guard, shooting guard. Okay, so somebody to replace Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton when they don't do their fucking job, like I was talking about earlier. New York Knicks with the 31 pick. Uh, somebody from Turkey. Again, no stats listed. So that'll be interesting to see. Let's go. I'm kind of trying to skim through it now because we've spent a lot of time on the mock draft. Oklahoma City, Sharif Cooper. Point guard, okay. You've drafted like four point guards. Uh, you, you drafted two, two point guards already, I'm pretty sure. But, you know, you do you, Oklahoma City. Uh, okay, now after their third point guard they drafted, they draft, uh, they draft power forward, okay. Sacramento, David Johnson. Uh, sophomore from Louisville, point guard. Uh, 12 points with 35 minutes, okay. Uh, could be better, but it's not bad. San Antonio, let's see. JT Thor. JT Thor is a small forward. Okay. It's not it's not a big big man, but at least it's not a guard. Okay. Uh kind of skimming through the rest of these. 
Alright, I think we'll leave it at there for the mock draft. And we will react to the actual draft whenever it becomes time. See if any of those uh, any of those draft picks change and um, what these players are capable of. Alright, next thing I want to get into is the 2021 NBA Awards. I meant to do this last episode, but I simply just forgot. Uh, so, Nikolaj uh, Jokic, MVP. Uh, I think that's a very decent choice. Um, again, uh, a player that carries his team, does what he needs to do. Um, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I agree 100% with this. Uh, just look at his stats. Uh, almost 14 rebounds a game, almost 3 blocks per game. When you look at that, you see defense. Uh, simply put, uh, he's playing hard on defense. And so he deserves Defense Player of the Year. Simple as that. Uh, this is the one that Fernando doesn't agree with me with. Uh, LaMelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Fernando claims that this was ripped off from Anthony Edwards. I disagree. I think LaMelo 100% deserved Rookie of the Year. And he's been amazing. So, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has about 20 points per game uh rebound uh four rebounds um 2.5 assist uh six man of the year uh six man of the year i could definitely see that he's he's been uh working really hard with the uh utah jazz so most improved player julius randall uh plays for the new york knicks uh 24 points 10 rebounds six assists uh definitely most improved player um and then the all-star MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nothing to say about that. You already know what I would say. Uh, Giannis is a very effective player. So, kind of speed, uh, speed ran through all the awards. But, um, you know, it is what it is. We're trying to, we're already 53 minutes in. So, I want to try and keep these, uh, these episodes to an hour. Because it seems like a good length. If y'all want them to be longer then uh, let me know. Um, I'll have to find more stuff to talk about. Uh, but I try and keep them an hour because I think an hour is not too short, not too long every week. So um, let's talk about these uh, last couple stuff I have on here. So Wilson reveals, uh, this is on NBA.com, uh, the official news uh, website. So Wilson reveals NBA official game ball in advance. Um, Trey Young and Jamal Murray joined Wilson's advisory staff. So, Wilson Sporting Good Co. in partnership with the National Basketball Association unveiled league's new official game ball in advance of the NBA's 75th anniversary uh, season. The reveal tips off a multi-year partnership welcome the NBA's first official basketball manufacturer, Wilson. Um... I was almost certain that the NBA ball was Spalding, but I guess I was wrong. Um, let's look at this right here. Yeah, okay, Spalding made the NBA's basketballs for over 30 years. So, Spalding is no longer making the balls, um, which I think is very interesting. Um, the NBA used the Wilson ball for its first 37 seasons it says um, I've always known the um, I've always known Spalding as the uh, as the game ball so this is gonna be interesting whenever I think Wilson I think of like uh, I think of like high school um, I would think of like high school games and uh, college games possibly 
Um, but I've always thought of like Wilson as like, uh, uh, and this isn't to say they're bad company. It's just like where I've seen them mostly used because of Spalding being the NBA ball. I've always seen Wilson as like a lower, lower league, uh, not lower league as a ball, but I mean like played in the lower league is what I'm trying to say. Like we used, uh, I think we used Wilson balls in high school. We used them, uh, in separate, uh, leagues. Like, um, I don't remember the name, uh, of what the term for them is. But, like, uh, not relating to a school, but, like, sort of like a club thing. Um, and uh, Wilson balls were what a lot of the kids had for pickup games. But uh, I've always seen Spalding as the NBA ball. So this will be interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know what the difference is. It's just a basketball. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to have much impact because it's the same. It's still a basketball, but uh, they're manufactured by a different company. So maybe they manufacture it differently, and that might have some effect, but uh, we'll see. So, And then the last thing on here, um, again, kind of a minor thing. LeBron James officially changes jersey number to number six. Um so he's returning to the number that he wore with Miami. Um, again, I've always thought of LeBron as number 23. So um, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, I like you think of the you think of the cliche. Um, you think of the cliche picture with him, Kobe, and Jordan. And they all have uh, their 20 numbers. And now he's going back to number six. So it's just kind of interesting. Uh, it's going to take some, it's going to take probably uh, first two weeks of the new season for me to get used to him changing his number uh, just in his Lakers jersey. Because I know he used it with Miami because uh, the Spurs played Miami in the finals a couple years ago and so lebron had number six but uh it's just gonna seeing the number six and like the purple and yellow um it'll be uh interesting to see and that's pretty much all i have for the podcast today guys um if you're wondering what these bags of chips are i'll go ahead and point that out as well so um here i'll show you what we got new on the shelf so This one is one for the uh, people that have been a fan for the podcast back when it was still plus 71. Uh, this is an inside joke from that. So uh, this is also proof that me and Fernando didn't have beef because I still have the bird. And I also have this. So uh, it's mementos from when we did the podcast together. Um, but Fernando claimed that the only people that use Irish Spring are gingers like me. And so because of that... I bought an Irish Spring bottle, used it, and then labeled it accordingly. So, uh, if y'all can read that, it says ginger soap. So, uh, yeah. And then these two bags of chips, uh, I simply bought them just because, um, this one, uh, if y'all can see that, has, uh, Jason Tatum on it, and then this one has uh, Anthony Davis on it. Here, let me get it better in the light. There we go. So this one's got AD, and then this one's got uh, this one's got Jason Tatum. So that's literally the only reason I have them.
And with that being said, that is uh, Nathan Butnet, Episode 6. I will see you guys in the next one. Uh, Sundays at noon.